Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, say can see. If you're an American and you're professing to be a Christian, well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews Monica Show. Matthew Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy post-Labor Day. I'm just returning from a fabulous Labor Day celebration. First time on an airplane in months and months and months. What a mess. Travel is definitely not the same. Although apparently we saw record numbers traveling over the Labor Day holiday. It was a cryptic ghost town at the Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, uh, as it was also in Philadelphia. It was um, interesting, to say the least. Felt hmm, very COVID-like, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> Uh, you can definitely tell the numbers down. People are all in masks. I mean, you know, I flew Delta. God bless them. But they sent me a survey after I got off the air. After I got off the air, out of the air, asking me, you know, did we do a good job caring for your health? And I thought, and I wrote, it's not your job to care for my health. It's your job to get me from point A to point B back to point A in one piece. That's your job. Flying the friendly skies. Which is not so friendly when you have a flight attendant who sounds more like a kindergarten instructor telling all of us kids to rem- to remind us, now, if we've told you once, we're going to tell you again, and that's it, kids. We're not going to warn you again that if we have to tell you one more time, you're going to be in big trouble about covering your nose, not just having your mask on your face. That wasn't enough. You had to cover your nose. I get it. But I don't, because face masks and the efficacy thereof have not been shown or proven to be exactly that, efficacious. There's a word for you, a word for the day. I distinctly recall the Surgeon General of the United States of America telling everyone to quit buying masks. Save some for the medical community. And then again, the only one that would work would be an N95 mask because by all reasonable science standards, we understand the, the size of the molecule of a, of a spore of a virus has the ability to squeeze right on through fabric and anything other than an N95 medical grade mask of which most people are not wearing. I knew we were screwed the second I saw people getting excited creating masks with their college logos. I was like, "Mm, that's it. Alma maters, that's it. 
That's us as Americans. As soon as we turn it into anything that that can be monetized for the sake of our alma mater, it's going to become normalized, whether it should be or not. I personally do not believe it should be. I sat waiting for my flight, looked around. I told my boyfriend, I was like, you know, what's amazing is when people are going through chemotherapy, God help them, they're usually the one with the mask on. You can always tell when some, or you could in the past, always tell when someone was on the struggle bus, when someone's immune system was compromised, when someone was taking extra precaution, and they weren't wearing a uh, Go Dogs mask. They weren't wearing a fabric mask. They were wearing a surgical mask to help stave off and a, and a very specific surgical mask to help stave off any type of viral spores or bacteria because their immune systems are compromised. My immune system is not compromised, thank God, as is likely not yours and millions, hundreds of millions of others who do not have immune immunocompromisation. I love it. Um, you're not immunocompromised. My daughter, others... You know, she spent most of her life immunocompromised. So we're no secret to the, I mean, we're no strangers to this. And we're also not insensitive to the plight of the person who has uh, immune issues. No way. We get it. But we would never, um, we would never make it an issue that everyone around us should have to be masked in order to keep us safe. Even my daughter now will say that. So we both agree with that. And and again, the politicization, the shaming, the, oh my God. I mean, it's just unbelievable that a mask could bring out the abject worst in us as patriots, as fellow patriots. I mean, just truly astounding. Very sad, actually. 700. That's the number of passengers banned from U.S. Airlines for refusing to wear a mask. Delta has been the strictest with over 270 passengers on their no-fly list for violating their mask policy. Now, keep in mind, a violation could be anything from just not covering your nose, refusing to cover your nose, wearing the wrong kind of mask, or refusing to wear one entirely because maybe you, you know, I don't know, maybe you didn't have a card that shows that. Yeah, and, and also, keep this in mind, too, folks. We were told that airlines have the 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 most efficacious love that word word of the day efficacious you can spell it i'll send you a, a picture of my dog uh the most efficacious filtration system like you're going to be safer in the air than anywhere because their filtration system is efficacious so why are we wearing masks if you've doused my airplane the fuselage in between every single flight with a chemical, and God only knows what's in that, or ionized light, whatever it is that you're treating for this virus, whatever we're supposed to believe, okay? If that's the case, and on top of that, you have the world's greatest filtration system, why am I wearing a mask? And why have I been banned from the friendly skies for refusing to wear one for whatever reason? I mean, the bigger threat is the person two rows behind me who decided it was a good idea to turn on their sick rap music without their headphones so the whole plane could hear it until the 80-year-old behind me 
decided she had had about enough and stood up, turned around, and said, Hey, I need you to turn that down, please. And I thought, Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> and she was white. I'm like, Oh, somebody nearby is videotaping this. And uh, thankfully, the person complied, but I thought, you know, that that person to me is more of a threat to your flight with just sheer belligerence and lack of courtesy or consideration. Remember, there's that word, consideration. I blogged about that just a couple of days ago to be considerate of someone. I also talked about it on my podcast. I think with more consideration, we could save more relationships for sure. So basic consideration. Well, how about consideration for people who don't want to wear masks, for people who are claustrophobic? It's already bad enough to get on an airplane for some people, people who are nauseated by wearing a mask. How about breathing your your own carbon dioxide for the next? And you can't wear one with a little, you know, uh, filter on the side that allows your own crap to escape your own mask. Delta won't allow you to do that. Right. Okay. Um. 270 passengers on their no-fly list for violating their mask policy. The actual tally could be higher. Southwest and American Airlines are not revealing their uh, their banned passengers. How about that? So, how about this? How about, did you know that Disney's reopened? Hmm, how about that? So, your kids can't go to school. I have to wear a mask on a flight, but Disney... And uh, and your and your in other resorts can open for your kids to go be kids to live in fantasy world. And some of you guys are happy about that. Apparently, record numbers like they they did very well over the weekend. I for one would not be going to Disney a because I hate going to Disney because of the uh, crowds. I'm more of an Epcot girl anyway, but I was pretty surprised to see that. Uh, yeah, Disney and Universal and Orlando report they reached capacity over the weekends. Over the weekend. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Consideration. I didn't hear a lot about that on the news, did you? But I'll tell you what I have heard a lot about. Our president, Donald J. Trump, receiving uh, the nomination for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. This is coming straight from the White House. Statement from... Uh, the White House's press secretary. Today, this is today, President Donald J. Trump was nominated for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize for his leadership in brokering the Abraham Accords, bringing about the full normalization of relations between Israel and the United Arab, Arab Emirates and marking a major step toward a more peaceful Middle East. This historic diplomatic breakthrough between Israel and the United Arab Emirates is the most significant step toward peace in the Middle East in more than a quarter of a century. This nomination comes amid widespread international support for the peace accords and optimism that the region finally may be turning a corner. By uniting two of America's closest partners in the region, something many said could not be done, this agreement will create a more peaceful, secure, and prosperous Middle East. This peace deal is a testament to the bold diplomacy and vision of President Trump, and he is honored to be considered by the Nobel Committee. President Trump will host the Israel, Israeli and, Ismarat, and Emirati uh, delegations for a signing ceremony of the Abraham Accords on September 15th at the White House. Oh my gosh, I would love to be there for that. Biblical. So much for the sanctimonious ones. The never-Trumpers, 
the the two Corinthians Republicans who have made fun of the president for being a supposed Christian, right? Because we know what's in someone's heart because they've said the P word a hundred years ago, right? Because the word says that blessed are those who are peacemakers for they are children of God. They, they will be called the children of God. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? If you're not a fan of Donald Trump and you've used the Bible to substantiate your irreverence, your rebellion, your belligerence, your just mocking, scoffing, your political bipolarism, what do you do? What do you do with that? There's no denying that he has created peace between these two, which is of biblical, epic proportion. So what do you do with that? I find myself kind of snickering because I didn't write it, but I darn sure believe it. Blessed are the peacemakers. Notice it doesn't say the peacekeepers. That's a distinction that I make on my show on the regular because peacekeeping is exhausting. It will wear you out. It never works. It's it's just it's unsustainable. And you, some of you know, because that's how you live within your relationships too. You're just busy trying to keep the peace, man. I just want to keep the peace. Just whatever's going to make her happy, mama happy, the whole family happy. No, that is no way to live. Loving someone, making peace, bringing sound, mature resolution to the table between yourself and someone else, ideas between your family, your friends, your coworkers. That's where it's at. It's not peacekeeping. That's the world in which we live now. That's why corporate America looks like a very upside down dysfunctional playground. Because HR has turned into the peacekeeping union of every single organization. We're trying to keep the peace between the gays, between the straights, between the Jews, between the Christians, between the blacks now, between the whites, between the past, between the present, between the future, between the left, between the right, between the middle. Between your legs, between what happened, between holding the door, between the sexes. I mean, it is madness. No. Grow up, America. Grow up and be prepared to make peace with people by being considerate, seeing someone else's side, minding your own business. That's a good place to start. Standing up for justice by following protocol. Not by placation, abdication, and capitulation. Boy, this is a vocabulary day for me. A couple of days off have done me a world of good. <laughs> but here's the, here's the funny part to me. You do realize that it will be over 50 years before we'll find out who nominated the president. Because it's a secret. I love it. It's like, it's like, it's like the Pope, right? They go in, smokestacks go up, and they're like, oh, they've chosen somebody else get all the cardinals and monsignors and whatever i'm not catholic forgive me i don't know but there's a room full of old guys in robes and they all have some type of patriarchal authority and hierarchy and they get in there and and you wait for the smoke to go up on the outside of the vatican and they've chosen someone it's fascinating i mean it's the theater of of religion the theater of politics because we're all very theatrical thank you greeks my people 
Hence why, you know, you have the Congress and the Senate and Parliament and things that are, you know, just theatrical in nature. And you have the liturgy and and whatever it's called in the Catholic Church, the Mass, right? You've got, we've got, we love theater. We love to be entertained, even in the church. So with this, I love it. You won't know who nominated the president for 50 years. It's, it's a hard and fast rule. I mean, that's all. But, but you got to know. Because the rules have never applied where Donald Trump is concerned. I imagine someone will leak somewhere, somehow, so that they can cancel the person who nominated President Trump, who, in fact, nominated President Trump. Uh, candidacy criteria. The candidates eligible for the Nobel Peace Prize are those persons or organizations nominated by qualified individuals. A nomination for yourself will not be taken into consideration. So I think it's fair to say we can take that off the table. The president did not nominate himself, no matter what the memes from the left tell you. (laughs) I love it. The Nobel Peace Prize is awarded in Oslo, Norway, not in Stockholm, Sweden, where the Nobel Prizes in Physics, Chemistry, Physiology, or Medicine, Literature, and the Economics Prize are awarded The Norwegian Nobel Committee is responsible for the selection of eligible candidates and the choice of the Nobel Peace Prize laureates. The committee is composed of five members appointed by the Storting Norwegian Parliament. How about that? And then you've got like, oh my gosh, it goes through the whole process. And so apparently we're not going to find out whether or not the president uh, receives that peace prize until next year. But I love this. The statutes of the Nobel Foundation restrict disclosure of information about the nominations, whether publicly or privately, for 50 years. The restriction concerns the nominees and nominators, as well as investigations and opinions related to the award of the prize. Now you have an online, I love it, they've actually succumbed to technology. You have an online nomination form. Uh, Where are we? Yeah, this just goes into, I love this, 50-year secrecy rule. The committee does not itself announce the names of nominees, neither to the media nor to the candidates themselves, insofar as certain names crop up in the advanced speculations as to who will be awarded any given year's prize. This is either sheer guesswork or information put out by the person or persons behind the nomination. Information in the Nobel Committee's nomination database is not made public until after 50 years. Again, we will not know who that was, but... Remember Obama and his Nobel Peace Prize for bringing the nations together. Amazing. Through what exactly? Exactly. I can't remember either. Speaking of coming together, something that I I want to address with you all is is the rising tide of depression, suicide, confusion, despair. Violence among us. Um, it is extremely concerning for me. Something I prayed for at the beginning of all of this, uh, quote, pandemic brouhaha, was for the Lord to allow me to see through it, past it, beyond it, uh, over it, right, down onto it. I wanted a 50,000-foot view of what's really going on. And I wanted to be able to see opportunity in the storm because I know there's opportunity. You know, like any smart investor knows, you get in when everyone else is getting out. You get in when people are afraid because 
fear, you know, involves really false evidence appearing real. It involves speculation that is not always rooted in soundness of mind and sobriety. And so I didn't want to run when everyone else was running. I wanted to stand and see what's going on. And by God, I think I have I have finally been granted that which I prayed for back in March when all of this began and we had no idea how it was going to unfold, but I knew that there would be opportunity in the midst of this crisis, which is now unfolding in in at in mass just mass speed, speed of light for corporations, airlines. I have a friend whose husband hasn't flown since March with a major airline internationally. A friend of mine closing down his family restaurant business after, you know, 40 years of being in business because it's just not sustainable. They can't stay open. Um, uh, dear for another friend of mine in the restaurant business who has scaled back multi-million dollar company, catering company here local to the Atlanta area, very well known, respected, uh, longevity. I was there for the launch of that company many moons ago, over 35 years ago, actually. It's now him, his daughter, and, uh, and one other person. They've had to furlough every single one of their employees, and they're back to the way that it was when they first opened their doors. It's very serious what's happening to businesses. It's not enough for us to just, you know, well, what about math? You know, it, what about this? Why is the government going to protect us? It's not, it's not, I mean, we legitimately sound like 10-year-olds. It's amazing how weak-minded so many Americans are. It's very disturbing. Which really goes right along with my new t-shirt line, which you will be able to order very soon. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it is launching. Once it's up on my website, I will let you know. And I fully expect you to engage, engage, engage. And put one of those suckers on your chest and your back and walk around prepared for the conversation that's going to ensue. I promise you, it's not going to be uh, red. <laughs> it's not going to have hashtag MAGA on it. It's not going to be provocative in the wrong sense. <laughs> it is going to be provocative in the way of making you think. By golly, I've I've found a uh, I found a stride here. I, that prayer has been answered, and I feel like part of what I want to pour into you is to be encouraged. And in the coming weeks. I'm going to be rolling out that effort to encourage you, and I want to engage with you on that level. So many of us are on the back nine of life. So many of us have been sideswiped by this virus. Our businesses are shutting down. Our families are divided because of politics. Our kids won't talk to us. Mine is now, but there was a moment there, as some of you may recall, that it was a little hairy around my family, but I had to make a decision that my daughter was more important than any type of disagreement that we may have around politics or, or sociology or epidemiology. Um, I just, and, and some of you email me and you're very, you're dismayed because your marriages are falling apart or they have your relationships and your family, your friends, your jobs are gone. You don't know what to do. You're 50. You're getting divorced. You've never been on your own. You've never had to pay a bill by yourself. You've never had to hire a gardener. There's so many things that life has thrown our way, and I want to come alongside you and partner with you, if you will allow me, to pour into you from just 
20 years worth of wisdom of living as a widowed woman who just had to figure it out, kick myself in the butt and get up and keep moving and believe that ingenuity was still inside of me. My individual gifts would not be snuffed out, that they were there. They may be latent. Opportunities may tarry. While the vision may tarry, do not, do not grow weak or weary and well-doing and waiting. Wait for it. And once you've done all to stand, stand, right? But sometimes we just need help wrapping our mind around getting our eyes off of the thing that has us so bogged down, whether it's that relationship, it's the job or lack lack thereof, it's the income. My massage therapist just came to the house today. I haven't seen him in a while. And he was like, man, you know, it hurt once the government took back that additional uh, unemployment money. I have people who still won't come and get a massage. So I'm going to people's homes, but we're hurting. You know, his wife is an esthetician. People are hurting in these industries. And so they, he's had to pivot. He's like, okay, well, what else am I interested in? What else, what else is my, what else has my brain been created to do? Well, IT, and that's a really good field for him to consider anything in technology. So I want to come alongside you. I want to partner with you. I will explain more about that and how you can partner with me in the coming weeks. We can partner one-on-one. We can partner in groups. There's going to be a number of solid opportunities for us to get through this thing and to move forward. And that is something I really look forward to doing. I will never forget in my life, and especially now, my radio coach telling me, I mean, and I'm going to tell you all something, you're just not going to get through this thing intact without a village, without a coach. When I say a village, I'm talking about people who are not sitting around like-minded sulking. I'm talking about people who can see opportunity in the storm. I'm talking about people of faith. I'm not talking about religious nuts. I'm talking about people of faith who believe that we have been created by an amazing God who has infinite wisdom as to our infinite greatness that he's put inside of us. Our individualism, our hope, our joy, our peace, our righteousness, that all comes from him. The author the author of liberty the finisher, the author of our faith, the person who the second we said amen was like, awesome, it's on, let's do it. So I'm a coach. That's what I've always been. I'm not a very good cheerleader. My daughter can tell you that. My boyfriend too, probably. But I can cheerlead for a minute. But then I'm like, all right, time to get your ass up. We got to get rolling. Um, So that's what I'm looking forward to doing. My radio coach told me, you and your purpose is so much bigger than politics and Donald Trump. And he didn't say that to disparage the president, nor do I. But I get it. And so is yours. So is yours. I need you to engage. I need you to be okay. I need you to be intact mentally, emotionally, physically, in order to engage civically. It's not enough to sit around bitching and complaining and living in fear and accusing and backbiting and being bitter and shouting and pointing the finger. That's not enough. That's not life. That is not life more abundant. That is not what we were created for. That is not what this country stands for. Can't wait for you to get my t-shirts on your backs. Oh, I love it. Launching a line that is all about what does it mean to be an American? 
I end every single show with, if you're an American, act like one. I started that five years ago. It's mine. It is mine because it begs the question, what does that even mean? Most people don't even know what that means. I love it. When I first started saying it, I was like, if you're a Christian, act like one. If you're an American, act like one. And people are like, man, I don't even know what that means anymore. I'm like, I know exactly. So with this new line, we're going to have the ability to really rally around the idea of what it means, the mind of being an American. And sure, there's emotion behind it because there is pride behind it. There's grat- There should be gratitude behind it. There should be exceptionalism behind it. We should live by a higher standard as Americans. We should hold ourselves accountable to a higher standard as Americans by virtue of the liberty that we have been endowed with. We've been entrusted with. Great book I'm reading, by the way, Eric Metaxas. If you can keep it, Benjamin Franklin coming out of the 100-day, over 4,200-word presentation of our Constitution. Woman stops him on the street. She says, so what do we have, a monarchy or a democracy? And he says, we have a republic if you can keep it. If you can keep it, can we keep it? We're going to find out this November. Great book. You should pick that up if you can keep it. Good stuff. Meaty. He's such a great writer. I love Eric, not just because he's a fellow Greek. I'm partial. But uh, he's just a solid, solid dude. And he's orthodox. And, you know, we share that in common. But I I just love the way he threads commonality between the past and today. And, you know, if you can keep it. We have been on easy boy, recliner, patriotism until now. And I'm asking you all, what happens after President Trump? What happens? You were called to be more. You were called to be better. You were called to live in peace, joy, and righteousness. You were called to speak the truth, not capitulate to lies. You were called to know that you are not guilty. You were called to know that... There's only one atoning sacrifice for all of our sins, including our national sin of slavery. You were called to know that and stand on that principle. You were called to know that there is a male and a female and stand on that. You are also called to have mercy and grace for people who live in confusion. Again, not capitulation. That is not to be confused with grace and mercy. You are called to know that all men All men are created equal. Why? Because God said so. But we're not all created the same. You're called to know that too. You're called to defend the principles thereof. And to be able to give a reason for your faith. Do you know why? What have you been doing since your churches have been shut down? Just kind of sending in dollars? What about someone around you? I always encourage you to look around you. The church is all around you. Is there someone right there in your own home, your own family, who could use uh, part of your tithe? This isn't to disparage your churches or to encourage you to become, you know, to rob God of his tithes and offerings. But I'm very serious about that. One place in the Bible that refers to people as infidels 
those who do not care for their own and their own family. Your first ministry is to your family. I'm going to leave you with this. Your first ministry is to your family. Your, I'm going to say it again. Your first ministry is to your family. And guess who that begins with? You. It begins in your own mirror. Remember, I end every single show with, you know, love your neighbor, be good to yourself, be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Mm-hmm. Before long, you're going to be able to wear my shirts. Coming up, you'll be able to order them. I'm really looking forward to that. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I'm working hard on that right now. Okay, guys. Congratulations, President Donald J. Trump, for your nomination of the Nobel Peace Prize. You have earned it, my dear. You have earned it, sir. I know the heavens are proud, as am I. All right. I love you guys. Be good out there. Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbor. Beginning your own mirror. And remember... If you're an American, act like one and sign up for my newsletters at monicamatthews.com. I love you. Till tomorrow.